people have to stop looking at people outside in the universe for inspiration. They have to kind of create a network for inspiration that they can talk to, that they can literally tap on the shoulder and say, do, do you mind you know, listening to my idea? The Strive for More podcast will resonate with those that strive for more in any aspect of their lives. Follow along on one man's journey on the path to a meaningful life through long-form interviews with everyone from successful entrepreneurs, artists, physicians, leading scientists, social media influencers, and professional athletes. This episode of the Strive for More podcast is brought to you by the Strive Accelerator, which is a weekly mastermind group for entrepreneurs. So if you're not seeing the success you want, or you're searching for a community of like-minded business owners, then send an email to jared at striveaccelerator.ca to book a call and learn more. Our next guest is the founder of Insaga.com and QuickBite News, which is a media company that's comprised of Insaga.com, InTheHammer.com, InBrampton.com, and InHalton.com, which is now one of the largest digital-only media companies in Canada. He is also a TEDx speaker, Tokyo tourism spokesperson. He's a TV host and producer. He's an MC and a part-time pro wrestler. Please welcome to the show, Khaled Iwamura. Khaled, thank you so much for joining us, my man. No problem, man. You got me for as long as you want. <laughs> oh, you're going to regret saying that. 16 days from now, people are going to be saying, why did they continue recording that episode? It'll be the longest podcast ever in the history of podcasts. It's going to be like the cricket of sports. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but <laughs> what, do cricket matches last long or something? Like days, man. Five days in the Pakistani heat. It's incredible. Did not know that. So, But I'm glad to be on, man. That's why people are here, to learn about cricket. That's... <laughs> <laughs> Turning to you and away from cricket, you, I know, struggled in some form or another to build Insaga for like three years. You, you know, lived on you paid your bills with credit cards. You you didn't make any money for that period of time. And you just really had to hustle, I think, to get by. I've heard you say in the past that you just knew that it was going to work out. Why did you think that? I Well, I never struggled at all. I, I don't know where you got that story. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just making shit up. <laughs> yeah. Um, why did I think it was going to work? Because I, I, I thought it was going to work. Just like I think most people that come up with an idea or you know they they just know it's going to work right they just it's one of those things that you might not have a plan of how it's going to make money but you just know in your gut in your heart in your brain anything that it's going to work so i just kept on plugging away and uh you know like and you know here we are like literally 9 years later uh, it's 9 years and kind of 10 days later um, and we're one of the biggest digital only media companies in Canada. So, I mean, but I mean, the first four years was a struggle. I, yeah, I remember, I remember one time we have a shopping mall here called square one. Have you ever heard of it? No, <laughs> no. Okay. It's like the third biggest mall in Canada. Maybe, maybe you've heard of it. I don't know. But anyway, so the people that are listening in the GTA, they'll go, Oh no, square one. But anyways, um, at the end of the day, so I'm at Starbucks, like, you know, in 2015, and uh, I have like an overdraft of 3000 right, on my bank account. And I'm there to buy, um, you know, just a coffee, uh, an Americano. And I swipe my card. 
and guess what? It was it was declined. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like that's four dollars. Four dollars, man. It's like, and I was three dollars, three thousand in the hole. Um, and you know that, and I remember swiping, and it went declined. I remember starting. I, I remember I started sweating. You know what I mean? Like it was just one of those moments. I was just, I just remember that. It's like this is messed up. This is fucked up. This is, you know, this is wow. Like what's going on? You know, but it's just, yeah. You know, just thinking about where I am now to where it was five years ago is, you know, obviously it's 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 a huge change, but. It's yeah, it's like it was a struggle, man. Like, I mean, I can't afford a Starbucks coffee. Maybe Tim Hortons, but not not Starbucks. Did you think in that moment when that poor Starbucks barista was looking at you, did you think in that moment, did I make the wrong choice here? I've I've never ever thought I made the wrong choice ever. You know, just that that never crossed my mind. It was uh it was one of those kind of lucky I had a credit card that had like $5 on it. Right. But yeah, it's just, no, I never, I never thought I made the wrong decision. I just, I just knew it was going to work out. It just wasn't that day because <laughs> I couldn't afford a freaking Starbucks coffee. Right. So, but uh, yeah, it's just, no, never, never doubted myself for one second. So, and realistically, you really can't as a business owner, as a, you know, an entrepreneur, you, you can't, it's like, you can't doubt yourself. So. In those years where you were pushing hard, did you ever feel like you were hustling? Did you have to hustle? Uh, oh, 100%. I, I mean, I still hustle now. I mean, like, it's not like I'll, you know, I'm still, and it's because I, I still work weekends. I still work, you know, till, you know, 10 o'clock at night. Uh, but I mean, I, you know, the old, uh, old saying, it's not, I don't consider it work. I just enjoy it. Right. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, I'm still hustling now. I'm still you know, I'm, uh, I'll, you know, I'm still the hardest person working in the room type thing. And, uh, yeah, no, I just, um, yeah, the, the hustling will never, ever stop for as long as I have this business. So, um, and I'll still do the grunt work, you know, I'll still do, I shouldn't say grunt work, but I mean, like I'd still do, you know, if somebody can't do the Instagram stories, guess who's doing it? Me, you know what I mean? Like, uh, and, uh, yeah, so I'm always, um, pushing away, you know, grinding and pushing hard. So, What's the part of the work that doesn't feel like work for you? Well, th this year is very. This year has been very unique, just because obviously we've been stuck at home in uh, Mississauga. Uh, so, um, one of the cool things this year that um, that I started was to talk to um, leaders, political leaders, uh, mayors, uh, premiers, um, and just to get more information out to the local uh, community um, one thing about uh, you know the, the the GTA Toronto Mississauga market the the TVs are glued to you know kind of like the the Toronto media um, you know you'll get the Doug Fords you'll get the Trudeaus you get uh, the mayor of Toronto John Tory talking but you never ever get the local you know um, the local view of what's going on so uh, when the pandemic happened, uh, I just thought, hey, um, why don't I start interviewing all the mayors? So I started interviewing the mayor of, you know, Mississauga, Brampton, um, uh, and uh, Burlington, which is a suburb of uh, Halton. Um, and uh, yeah, and I that that is, you know, I, I really enjoy that. That's that's really cool because I get to 
um, I get to talk to the mayors and stuff. And, um, and then I also got the premier as well. So over, over the last maybe uh, since April 1st, uh, these videos or these interviews have gotten close to about 6 million views um, within our um, within the GTA. So uh, that's one thing I really enjoy, and I never thought I would do that. When you started out, did you have a real clear vision of where you wanted to end up? Like, did you say at the beginning, I want to end up as the largest all-media company in Canada, or was it just one step at a time? That's a good question. When I started, it was more like fun events, history, things to do in the city. Uh, so no, we've this this company has shifted a hundred times over to where it is today. So I mean, launching this in 2012, January in 2012, um, it was kind of like you know a fun thing, you know, things to do in the city. Uh, we shifted um, in 2016. Um, do you remember, you might've heard of it. There was, there was a house explosion in Mississauga. It was, it was on CNN. It was on BBC. Unfortunately, that's, you know, was not really what you want to be known for, is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so 2016, a house explosion happened in Mississauga. A couple took out themselves and an entire block in Mississauga. So what we did we started getting information from the city of Mississauga, more of kind of public service announcements for that area because it was a, a, a crisis area. It was an emergency, um, a, a big emergency around there because it literally took out condos, houses and stuff like that. So we started putting that information out and, um, and our traffic, uh, you know, went up 10,000%. Right. Wow. So we're like, we're like, you know, light bulb. let's keep doing that. Yeah. It's like, so it's like up to that point, we were like, you know, top five shawarmas, you know, top five pizzas, you know, top five faux places, stuff like that. Right. But, and then that happened. We're like, wow, this is like our traffic is through the roof. Right. So, um, and so we shifted to kind of news, breaking news and stuff. So we hired, um, uh, you know, writers, journalists, um, that, have um you know experience in news writing um and that's when we started news so at that you know it's kind of a weird thing that uh kind of some, something so bad um shifted our business into what we are today <laughs> so because if that house explosion didn't happen we might have still just been doing kind of top fives and you know fun things so but uh, yeah it's uh and then yeah so to answer your question we've we've had to shift a lot you know it's like um you know we um at first it was just mississauga that's all i knew right and it was really just me um and then we went into brampton which is a another suburb uh, of i shouldn't say suburb but i mean it's its own city uh brampton which and mississauga and brampton form peel uh you probably heard of peel because of uh, the, the case numbers here <laughs> Unfortunately, it's like everybody knows where Peel is all over Canada, but they don't know that it's Mississauga and Brampton, right? So, yeah, but um, and then uh, we started um, Halton in 2018, uh, sorry, 2017, and then in 2019 we started Hamilton, 
So, um, and yeah, so now we're just doing more, we're still doing the food writing, right? You know, people still like our food writing, uh, but we do uh, news and breaking news now. So we had to, yeah, we've, um, we've had to shift a lot in regards to what we started with to what we are now. And I'm sure we're going to uh, shift shift again probably this year and next year and every year thereafter just to uh, kind of, you know, go along with what, uh, you know, what, what we have to do to succeed. So do you know in advance what that shift is going to be or is it more just – experiential. So when something comes up and you adapt and change and maybe you see, you measure and see is, did this do well or did this not do well? And then make a decision from that point? Or do you know already what it is and how you're going to change? Jared, these are good questions. Take a lot of thought. <laughs> you shouldn't have had so much whiskey. I'm like, I'm like whoa. <laughs> so yeah, I think so at first it was more kind of it was just me right so i mean like there's only so much i can do but i would say now yes um there is a lot more analytics data strategy towards the the shift in the business right just because we have the numbers i mean take a look at things like analytics from 2011 or 2012 to analytics now you know what you can find out now is is a hundred times more than what you can find out you know eight, eight, nine years ago right so there's a lot more data to analyze so you can make the right choice right uh, rather than kind of saying you know what let's just do this and see how it it does right and and now too also too it's it's we have i have you know there's 12 people in the business there's 12 people in the payroll uh, and i can't be you know kind of kind of guessing what to do so there's a, there is a lot more strategy now in regards to the shifting of the business when you're making those decisions how do you balance your gut versus what the data is telling you you know uh, that's a good question because i i so i have a business manager that i always um talk to because I guess what I don't know it all right you know what I mean like it's like as much as like every entrepreneur thinks they know it all you know um, we don't right so uh, I have a business manager and I always run ideas past them that I don't know the answers to um, so I you know I asked him last week I go do you follow your gut right and I go do you follow your gut for business decisions right and he goes and he goes to me and he says, Khaled, you always follow your gut, right? And I'm like, how do you know that? And he goes, because I know you, right? Because I've known him for like 20 years. And, uh, and then, but he, what he does is he, he, he told me just, he follows his gut and then analyzes the information, right? <laughs> which, which makes sense, right? So I'm like, oh, well, that's what I should do, right? And he goes, but you don't do that. And it's worked out so far, right? So, and I'm like, okay, well, I'll just follow my gut, <laughs> Right. So, um, yeah. So I, I yeah, it, it always starts with my gut. If And I probably say 99.9% of the time, my gut, whatever my gut is telling me is the right choice strategically. That is an incredible gift. Well, yeah, it's an incredible gift until you make a mistake, right? <laughs> so. My gut tells me literally the exact opposite of what I should do. It's like, oh, really? buy, bit, buy Bitcoin and then it goes down $20,000 in a day. <laughs> that's not a bad but then it goes back up 40,000 yeah <laughs> right so but yeah so no that's uh yeah I, I i try to follow my gut as much as possible so it's it's funny that you asked me that because i asked my i asked my business manager that question last week in your ted talk yeah you 
gave a really neat example of how you were able to be a bit more nimble than the traditional news media specific to that house fire that you're referencing. Do you mind just giving us a bit of background on that? Oh yeah, that's that's a good one. Uh, so uh, yeah, we talked about the house fire. So it was it was massive news here. Like it was the um, biggest news probably Mississauga's had since uh, I'm, there was a train derailment in the seventies, right? So it, like literally, like I was I wasn't even around at that point. So um, anyways, so what happened was um, all the so they opened up the the explosion zone uh, to the media. It was the first day, right? So it was me, right? And I'm, you know, I guess you can call me like, I'm not a newbie in regards to, you know, the big boys like CTV, uh, you know, Global, and, and all the big boys are there with, you know, the their, you know, million dollar satellite trucks and stuff like that. And um, anyways, so, and, and then there was me, Right. Um, and my my TED talk was actually called um, uh, How I Beat the 6 p.m. News with a Fishing Rod. Right. And the idea for that, that the name came from this was I was there with um, like a eight foot selfie stick. Right. And I put my phone attached to the end of it. Right. So that was my I was like my only cameraman. And I heard like all the CBC global CTV guys. I heard one of them say, look at that guy with the fishing rod. Right. So and I'm like, OK, I'm like, I don't care. Right. So and then so they let us in. Right? And I'm with all the A-list anchors, you know, like uh, that you see on like the the 6 p.m. news right they're all running in there to like take a look right and they didn't know that the um the explosion zone was behind like a six foot kind of wall right so all the traditional camera guys use those heavy heavy cameras right so they struggled to get the picture while i had an eight foot selfie stick quote unquote the fishing rod and I had it on Facebook Live before the 6 p.m. news did. Wow. Right? So, and there you go. There's a shift in the, the media industry because in, at, at you know, what point of time can you, can, you know, a cell phone beat about, I'd say about $15 million in technology, right? And, and five major networks. And I beat them to the punch. How have you applied that same thinking to disrupt that industry going forward or or have you? I always I don't want to always try to be first. I always want to try to be right. You know, it's like there's a lot of there's a lot of um uh you know, kind of Instagram kind of or or Twitter kind of um how do I say? It? Like ambulance chasers that put out stuff, but the information's not always correct. Right. So, I mean, it's just that's a really good question. I, I don't have an answer for that. I mean, I've always tried to be as um, unique as possible. What what I try to do is I try to um, uh, impart in my friends here. I always try to have the WTF. Right. I want people to think WTF, like, why the fuck is he doing that? And I, I keep on trying to 
switch it up, add add things like you'll see documentaries of me in pro wrestling with WWE guys. You know what I mean? And that's a WTF moment, right? And you know, trying to when are you making that comeback? By the way, oh, dude, pro wrestling is like one of the hardest things any human will ever do. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's like it's you know it's it's as real as it gets. The only thing that's not real is whoever wins or loses. Everything else in between is real. <laughs> right? So it's like it's like when you get hit, you really get hit. But anyways. So but um yeah, I, I try to try to do kind of you know more WTF moments with the, the media company. Obviously being ethical of course. Uh but yeah, and then just trying to be I guess me being kind of like the quote unquote, um, you know, the, the owner of the business, you know, there's not much red tape. If somebody wants to try something new, all they have to do is ask me. Right. And I'll be like, yeah, let's try it. And if it sticks, then we keep on going with it. If it doesn't, we, we move on. Right. So, um, yeah, we just try to be as, as, as unique, uh, as possible. And, um, yeah. Does that answer your question? It does. And it brings up a follow-up for me. When you're thinking about creating those WTF moments, like you said, what does that creative process for you look like? Is that just an epiphany? Do you have some kind of process that you follow to to maximize that creativity? No, there's there's absolutely no process when it comes to ideas. Um, I'll just... You know, I'll, I'll think of something, and and my team comes up with ideas too. So I don't I don't want to, you know, say that it's all me type thing. But I mean, um, my team comes up with ideas, um, and uh, you know, I, I guess you know if I think of something, I'll throw it at our senior editor, right, um, and then ask her what she thinks, right. If she likes it, I say let's just try it. You know, so a lot of things like even even you know from beginning our top fives, that was an experiment to see if it'll work right it worked right so we're known for you know food in mississauga brampton oakville milton burlington and hamilton right so and then we started this thing called top fives nearby right to take the top fives to another level right uh so it's like from a G, from your mobile phone you click on top fives nearby right and you can see what top fives are within your gps location you know what I mean? So, t- you know, so things like that. Um, and then we'll start like food battles between cities. Right. And um, anyways, it, it's, you know, these are just fun ideas. Right. But it keeps people engaged, you know, to to the city. Um, and while, you know, well, you know, finding good places to eat. So, <laughs> yeah, there's there's no process to the ideas, to be honest. I mean, uh, it's just. I'll just see something and I'll kind of come up with the idea and throw it, throw it to my team and see what they think. Why do you think that is? I don't think like you, you're saying it like it's a normal experience for people to have, but I have literally never felt that way where I've had just an epiphany moment. What do you think about your past or about your mindset just allows you to have those, if anything? I guess maybe because I come up, I'll say it. It, even if it sounds stupid, I'll just, you know, yeah, I I have, you know, the old saying, you know, I, I don't mind failing, right? So I'll just come up with an idea and then just throw it, throw it on, on the wall, throw it, throw it against um, my senior editor and we try it. So it's, it's, I think it's just, 
I guess I have no shame, right? I'll just just do it. <laughs> so is that, is that a good enough answer, Jared? It is. And it brings up another question for me, which is, what's the balance between trying things and being just like totally squirrel, you know, where you're all over the place and, and not focused? Is there a strategy that you use to, to try things like you try 5% of your overall content or something like that? Or is it just when you get that feeling, you do it? Uh, I think it's just when I get that feeling, I just do it. I mean, uh, what's what's that saying that uh, Gretzky says? Wayne Gretzky, he says, "You miss a hundred percent of the shots, or you miss you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take." I think. Yes. Yes. Exactly. So, does that answer your question? It probably doesn't, but <laughs> no, I, th- I think it does. Okay. I also think that these things are just really hard to to nail down when you, I think, are an inherently creative person that, you know, from an outsider's perspective like mine looking in, I see this guy that has come up with these really remarkable ideas, even the top fives near me. That's a tremendous idea. And I thought to myself, I wish I had that. And so I think you might be the kind of person that has these ideas and this creative streak that is maybe inherent in you. Is that fair? Maybe. Yes. And you didn't need to answer that. That was just a, that was a question mark at the end of that one. I know that was an upward <laughs> inflection. I don't, don't know why I fucking did that. <laughs> that was a statement. <laughs> Sorry. No I was like, I was like, yes. You, got like, you remember like uh, an anchorman? Oh, a question mark at the end. I remember everything from Anchorman, man. One of the best movies ever. <laughs> Definitely one of the best movies ever. That's the, that's the first time I cried in a movie theater from laughing. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, yeah. When he got the erection. Oh, my God. That, that was hilarious. The fleet of the pants. Are you kidding me? Yeah. It's comedic genius. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Classic. Turning back to... This is a segue. Turning back to the conversation. Yeah. I I know websites, right? Like it's just a hard thing to do well. You've been doing this for so long, nine years now, like by your own admission. And they're risky. They're because most people start them, it's like podcasts or somebody trying to, you know, get famous on YouTube. They're something that appear easy from an outsider's perspective, but in reality, it's something that has taken years and years and years and hours and hours and hours of practice to get better and dedication to push through challenges. Websites are even likely more so because you need to get to that kind of threshold of page views. I think it's maybe a million dollars kind of or a million views before you can monetize. You for years, a couple of years at least, you didn't make any money through the webs through the website through Insaga. What kept you going? I think it was just the drive knowing that it will work. I mean it was just um yeah, I just I just knew it was going to work. I mean, we talked about this before, but it was just um when would you have stopped? Was there would there have been a point where you would have said I can't do this anymore? Yeah, I mean, the thing is uh, you can only do it for as long as you can afford it to do it. Right? I mean, at at, at a certain point, you know, it, it'll, you know, if you if you don't have money, <laughs> you, you you eventually have to get a job and, you know, I was just I, w- I wouldn't say lucky enough, but I mean, I sold my 
condo. My my wife sold her condo. We moved back to you know my mother-in-law's. You know just for this business, you know? So it was one of those things that we had options. I mean, those are not the best options, but we still had options, right? So I was lucky enough to have those options to to sell, right? So, um, you know, and yeah, it was just one of those things that I think the only thing that could have stopped me was, you know, oh, I also, I mean, just to let you know, I also have a son as well. Right. I have um, he's he's uh, we were talking before he's building Lego downstairs, but he's, um, you know, you know, you you obviously have to take care of your kid. Right. So, yeah. So, I mean, at the end of the day, the only thing that would have stopped me is is, you know, the lack of, of you know, money coming in. Right. Uh, but we had choices. They were tough choices to make, you know, at the time. But, uh, you know, we both sold our condos, moved back to our mother-in-laws. And, um, you know, here we are today, you know, so it's, uh, yeah. In that moment of making that decision to sell condos, to move into your mother-in-law's house, which is admittedly, that's a, a really hard decision, I'm sure, to go through both of those choices. Was that hard for you at the time or was that just common sense? Because I've got this great idea, things are happening, I'm excited about it, I think it's going to go somewhere? Or was it really, really difficult? Oh, it was 100% difficult. It was, it was, yeah, it was, you don't, you don't sell condos and you don't, uh, you don't move it back to your mother-in-law unless, you know, you have, you have money issues, right? So, I mean, it was, yeah, it was hugely tough, right? But it's something that we had to do to keep the business going, you know, so yeah, it was it was tough, man. Like it was just it was one of those things. Like it's like we're, we're going broke, right? But I think that's that's what you have to do to you know to to get to success. You know, it's like you, success success is not like an upward trajectory forever, right? It's like literally you have to go, you know, up, down, up, straight the fuck down, right? And then, and then that's that's when you find out how much you love your business, right? And then and then it slowly, surely started going back up. And you know now, yeah. So now now it's you know I say it's good, right? But yeah, it's like yeah, it was a, it was fucking tough. <laughs> so straight, I laugh now, but I, I laugh with a tear in my eye right now. So you know, it's like. So. <laughs> So, but anyways, yeah. Do you, do you think that that experience of going through that real low and real challenge has shaped how you're viewing success now and and your appreciation for the business? Oh, 100%. I mean, like as you know, and as I get older too, you realize what what the most important things are. Um and you know, the most by far the most important thing is is family. I know I, I don't want to sound cheesy or sound like a hippie but it's it's absolutely true and you you realize you know what what is the most important right because i mean in tough times where do you go back to you go back to your family right so literally um, yeah you do you literally do and and you know when when you're happy you go back to your family you know when you're sad you go back to your family so yeah it's like it's you i mean this journey of of my business has taught me everything you know, from what is important, even outside of business, to the business itself. If you were starting over now, what what are the most important things that you've learned in the business that you would carry forward with you? 
I think I I think the biggest thing is probably balance is is to 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 you know to spend time with your family, spend time with your son, which I do now, which which I'm very grateful for. Um, but it's just it's balance. It's um, you know for the first five years of the business, I it, there was no balance. It was just just grinding, just working, just, you know, nothing. And it affected, it affected my marriage, affected, affected a lot of things. So I think it's, it, balance is hugely important. And um, I know we talked offline about fitness and health and stuff like that, but fitness and health are just hugely, you know, um, important to, you know, the, the balance of your life. Uh, so, yeah, I'd say, I'd say, yeah, ba- balance is hugely important to, um, the success of anything, uh, including including um, your business. You've grown from just yourself doing this and pushing it forward to now having twelve people on staff. How how has that leadership journey gone for you? Was that easy? No, that's not easy at all. <laughs> like, and I, I don't. I, and like, if any of my teammates listen to it, I don't want anybody to think that it, it's it. It's one of those things. It's 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 um it's a challenge right because they don't teach you in school how to manage people they don't teach you you know what i mean like it's it's one of those things that you have to you have to learn you have to adapt you have to figure it out on the fly because i mean at the end of the day it's like there's 12 people 12 unique people right and you want to you know at the end of the day it's your business but they're working with you Right. So it's, it's, uh, yeah, it was, it's, it's tough. And, you know, I've, I've grown a lot from it's, it's, yeah, I've grown a lot from like me just doing it by myself to, um, you know, managing 12 people. Like it's, it's, yeah, it's a completely different mindset, completely different role. Um, and everybody has their own, um, you know, their, their own attitude, their own ideas, their own everything, which is amazing. Right. But you have to learn to adjust everybody, right. Because you want to make everybody, um, as happy as possible while, while kind of, you know, um, well, kind of growing the business, right? So, yeah, I, I've had to adjust, and, and it's been, um, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely a learning experience. And I'm going to constantly learn because, I mean, we're at 12 now. If we're at 25, 50, it, that that dy- dynamic will change a lot, you know. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's been definitely a learning curve, but a learning curve that I've, I've really enjoyed. Um, and yeah, it's just. Uh, yeah, it's just getting to know everybody's different, um, you know, kind of personalities, right? Because each person's different. What do, when you're talking about learning leadership? What does that learning process look like for you? Is it podcasts? Is it talking with people? Is it you know how do you structure that? It's uh, it's definitely talking to people. Um, I'll be honest with you, I'm not I'm not much into. Um, sorry, like reading and stuff like that. It's it's talking to people that. I, um, I guess I look up to, right. Um, um, I, what I try to do, people ask me like, who, who do you look up to and stuff like that? I, I look up to people that I can talk to. I'd look up to like, like Jared you, yourself, I can talk to you. Right. You know, and that means I would look up to you because I can talk to you. I don't look up to, you know, the, um, you know, the rocks of the world, the, the Gary V's of the world, they're cool. Right. But the thing is I can't, 
reach out and talk to them right so my my um so i have a good network of people that i can talk to that i look up to so um yeah i definitely talk to you know if 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 there's like a, a tech thing i talk to my my friend that's uh, really into tech right if it's more of a, a business thing i talk to my business manager um so it's definitely about uh, talking yeah and i i think it's it's great to know your your style of how you want to how you want to consume information and people right now on the internet they're calling me the poor man's joe rogan so <laughs> that's the, the poor man's joe rogan yeah oh, why why <laughs> no, i'm just kidding there's literally one person that calls me that <laughs> one person more than <laughs> joe rogan's the biggest podcaster in the world <laughs> so i don't really get the analogy because anybody can listen to joe rogan so it's not really a well thing <laughs> <laughs> Joe Rogan's awesome. So, but I, I like I like these guys, but I I I like them to study how they're actually talking, right? Because I mean, you look at Gary Vee and stuff, and you look at The Rock, you look at Joe Rogan, you look at uh, David Goggins and stuff like that. And I like them all; they're great, right? But I like I'm like these guys have such a captivating audience. How do they do it? You know what I mean? Like, so I like I like studying that, and sometimes I like what they're saying. Like, do you know who David Goggins is? I quote him literally every single day. <laughs> okay. I'm like, I'm like, I watch his like Instagram. So I'm like, if I'm jogging and I'm like, oh, something's hurting, something's hurting or something, or like, you know, I'm like, I get David Goggins in my head. <laughs> right. And I keep on going. It's like, you suck. Keep on going. Stay hard. <laughs> so, anyway, so yeah. I literally did that yesterday. I was on it. I ran a, a half marathon yesterday. Um, did you really? Good for you, man. <laughs> like I just yesterday I just did a half marathon like it's like eating ice cream. <laughs> well, I'm the new I'm the new Goggins. Okay. And what is so so embarrassing is that running along the river here in Calgary and there's lots of people out right because it's you know it's a it's a nice weekend day and you know people are trying to enjoy it during the winter or whatever and I'm there at kilometer 20.5 out of 21.1 and I'm yelling at myself with all these people around, come on, Goggins, you got this, Goggins. <laughs> and everybody is looking at me, of course, because that's such a weird thing to do. But here's the thing. Now that you've told me that you are my inspiration. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, not, I'm not joking. I'm not joking. Right? Because I'm like, people have to stop looking at people outside in the universe for inspiration. They have to kind of create a network for inspiration that they can talk to, that they can literally tap on the shoulder and say, do, do you mind, you know, listening to my idea, right? Now that you've done a marathon, I'm like, that's my goal in my life, to do one marathon, right? Dude, so, that's awesome. So Jared, you are officially now, I need, I, I'm motivated by you, so. Well, now the hard thing is I'm going to check up on you. Okay. Do it, man. I please, please do it. I, 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 my my goal is by fall to do a half marathon. That's that's my goal. And like I said, um, you are now my inspiration for that. So I love it. Just think of some idiot out there yelling at himself, calling himself Goggins. Dude, I'm gonna do that on my 20th kilometer and think of you me. have to. Yeah, man. I will. Yeah. Like, Make sure it's in a busy place. Yeah, yeah, I totally will. This is a bit of an odd question, so I'll prepare you for it. Please ask. What do you think is holding you back from 
I want to say a higher level of success, and I don't mean monetarily. I mean, what's holding you back from achieving the things in your life that you want to achieve, whether it's better relationships or, um, you know, more success in business or running that half marathon? What, what do you think is holding you back right now? Man, that's a deep question. Um, what's holding me back? From a business aspect, I don't think anything's holding me back. I think more more so, I think it's more family and what you want to do with your family. Um, and uh, yeah, I think just, you know, I, I think of like life kind of like is an everything in life falls into kind of like love, happiness and experiences, right? So if I can achieve more of that, you know, I, I see that as more kind of um, doing that with, with family and the people that you love. So, yeah, I, I guess the only thing holding me back is a little more time with, with the family. So, I, you know, I, I'm not sure if this is the answer that you're looking for, but that's a pretty deep question, man. We're just looking for authenticity, and and I think you delivered on the authenticity front. So thank. You. But yeah, just spending time with the uh, you know, uh, what, one thing I'm super proud of is the time that I've been allowed to spend with my son. You know, because of what I do, I can bring him around everywhere. You know, I, I have a, you know, I, I'd have a TV show. I bring him to the studio. I would have a, you know. Uh, an MC gig at Celebration Square in Mississauga, which is like a big square that you could hold 40,000 people. I'll bring them there. Um, you know, I could even bring them to meetings because everybody loves my son, right? So it's like, so that's that's one thing that I'm super um, proud of doing, you know, because he's he's just hung around with me everywhere and he's, he's like my best friend. So, um, but I mean, if I want to do more of that, I need more time, right? So, but uh, yeah, no, I've, I've enjoyed that process so i've been very lucky that way how do you think that shaped him well i think it shaped him a lot just because uh <laughs> he has his own youtube channel no so, way yeah he has his own youtube channel uh shout outs to uh, his name utah iwamura uh it's uh, it's on youtube it's uh, he does unboxings and stuff like that and i might think i have a little bit of influence on what he does because he you know i'm i'm you know i, I joke around because uh, outside of what i do i'm also a full-time cameraman for his youtube channel right? <laughs> so literally he's like dad i need to shoot two videos this weekend i'm like okay i'll get to work you know and uh anyway so yeah i think i think it's you know you know he's his own man right but it's uh i think he sees what i do and he likes it and uh you know he has his own youtube channel and he's uh yeah he's an awesome kid because of it so well he's, he's an awesome kid no matter what but i mean but yeah i think uh yeah he's his own man but i think he, i've influenced him a little bit positively <laughs> call i know that you interview so many top level politicians do you do anything specifically to prepare for that or is it something that you just, you know, the, the industry and that niche so well that you're able to spitball it? No, a hundred percent. I mean, I, I do ask, I do need to research uh, the questions, especially the, the evolving, you know, pandemic, you know, every week things change. So uh, I don't want to ask them a dumb question, you know, something that's, you know, that's last week's, um, you know, info. Uh, so what I usually do is um, I, I ask the Instagram world 
uh, if they want any questions asked. That usually um, gets about, you know, probably a dozen or half a dozen, you know, questions. I ask my, uh, my writers, my journalists for questions, right? Because they, they're more in the know of exactly what's going on. And then I throw my own questions. In. So it's a combination of uh, the journalists, uh, myself, and uh, the public giving me questions. So I definitely do some research in regards to that. So um, especially talking to like, you know, uh, you know, the, the Doug Fords, the Jugmeet Sings, the, you know, the, the Patrick Browns, Bonnie Crombies of the world. Um, you have to be well Edu- well, well informed of the questions that you're going to be asking. So I never, no, I never go in it with zero questions. <laughs> I have a list of questions. Do you ever wish you got more genuine answers from them, or is it just expected in that world? So one thing that people have told me is that they like that I dig a little deeper to get the answers. So, yeah, if if they don't answer it, I will just ask the question again. Yeah, I was impressed with that too. Right. So it's like, so do you think the lockdown will be lifted January 23rd? Blah, blah, blah. Wash your hands. So (laughs) do you think the lockdown will be lifted January 23rd? You know, brush your teeth. Okay. Do you think the lockdown will be lifted January 23rd? No. Okay, thank you. So I'm not that direct, but I mean, like, you get my point. But I mean, I try I try to get the, um, yeah, the, uh, I try to get an answer. Let's put it that way, right? <clears throat> I, I know when they're not going to, so I move on. <laughs> so, but if I see an opening, I will, you know, try to get the answer for them, for, for the viewers. <laughs> so, and I've got a lot of people have told me that they like that because they're like, okay, I got more answers from you than I have, you know, CP24 or, or the Toronto Star. I'm sure you've heard the phrase, what would you do if you were guaranteed to succeed? I think that's kind of a strange question because we can, of course, never know that. Yeah. What I want to ask you is, what would you do if you were guaranteed to fail? What would you still do if you were guaranteed to fail? (laughs) That's a good one. (laughs) Oh, man. You, you, hey, when you become Joe Rogan, you better have me back on, okay? <laughs> to, I'll go from the poor man's Joe Rogan to the middle income Joe Rogan. M- make make me the promise right now. Make me the promise right now. Promises on air. Okay, there you go. Okay, so okay. When when I come back on your show, I will have an answer. Is there is there anything that I didn't ask you that I that you wished maybe that I had? Or alternatively, is there something that you just want to end on? A message uh, of hope or, or just general message? If you have an idea, if you have, um, you know, I, I know I talk to a lot of um, uh, potential business owners and um, and they always kind of, they're afraid to take that leap or the jump, you know, to start a business, right? Um, I would say, you know, if you love it enough, take that leap or jump and start it. So I, I don't know if that is what you wanted, but I mean, like, yeah, it's like I took that leap and jump, quit my, you know, uh, I was a partner in a marketing company making money, took that leap and jump and uh, started in Saga. 
and uh, here we are ten, nine years later, which which actually sounds like a long time now, and it's going okay. But um, I would not have changed that for anything, just because of the. I just enjoy everything that I do with the business, um, and I, you know, I've it's allowed me to spend more time with my family. Well, Colin. I want to thank you, my friend, so much for doing this. This was a really enjoyable conversation. You are somebody that inspires. You're somebody that is striving for more. And so I'm just real grateful that you sat down with us today. For the listeners, if you want to learn more about Khaled, you can find him on personally on LinkedIn at Khaled Awamura or on Instagram at InKhaled. You can also find Insaga at Insaga.com. My friend, thank you for joining us today. Thanks so much, Jared. And I will message you once I do the half marathon or once I sign up for a half marathon. <laughs> Go Goggins. Go Goggins. Stay hard. Thank you for listening. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please stay tuned for more stories from successful entrepreneurs, artists, influencers, and sports and medical moguls. Please know that I've got your back and the world needs you to go out there and create, innovate, and iterate. If you like this episode, then please subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. You can also find Strive Accelerator on Instagram at Strive Accelerator and find show notes and all of our free content on our website at striveaccelerator.com. I always want to hear feedback from listeners, so please shoot me an email at jared at striveaccelerator.ca.